Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is the Scott Scott Podcast. And today I'm joined by Chris Toner. Chris, how are we? Yeah, great, thanks. And we're also joined by Joe Gal, who's finally manned up and came on to the Scott Scott Podcast after about over a year, I think. Joe, how are we? Ah, mate, you'll get through it, no problem at all, obviously. But yeah, so today is the first edition of Scott Score Soccer Saturday, where we'll be reporting all the games that's going on in the SPFL. And Joe and Chris will be watching Celtic versus Livingston. Livingston. Yes. So, Chris, what did you make of the lineup from Neil Lennon? When you seen it, it like it, when Joe put it in the chat, were you baffled? Yeah, I was completely baffled. Um, I don't know why we're going with all this chopping and changing at the moment. There seems to be no consistency whatsoever in the team, except for Brown and McGregor, who, despite not putting in any wide performances for me so far this season, seem to be undroppable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joe, right, I was going to ask you this. Um, what do you make of the backlash New Lennon's received uh, over the last few weeks or so? Like... I said it in the podcast a couple of weeks ago, like, see as soon as Celtic get a negative result, even if it's a draw or a loss, it's like the the, the, the full Celtic support just turn on Lennon. Do you think that's just like a complete overreaction? Um, aye, to be honest, I think there's a lot of... Lennon was always seen as a kind of a downsized appointment, and I think as soon as something goes wrong, it's automatically people say, oh, he's not good enough to kind of get up, and... I, I think it is ridiculous. I think obviously tensions are a little bit higher this season than what they'd normally be. But I, I just still think what are the name worth any time. I think they just look to the visit so constantly. But I mean, this is a team that's won the last 11 trophies available. So you can't say the side don't have it. But it's just, I, I, do, I think it's a, a massive overreaction, mate, if I'm being honest. Because I remember, see, last season, Joe, when you and I had a discussion about it, I think it was when you beat Dundee. No, I think it was a two. In fact, no, it was two seasons ago actually, when Lennon uh, came in, and he's, I think he's beat Dundee two one away, and uh, Lennon ran down the touchline celebrating etc. And you phoned me after it, and you're like, "Yeah, like I respect Lennon and that, but I don't want a manager as a mascot." Like the and you and you were saying like you were embarrassed the way he was acting and stuff like. But do you feel as though he's kind of like matured a little bit since he's came into the job and? Do you think do you see a big difference between a Neil Neil Lennon from twenty ten to Neil Lennon for, in twenty twenty? Well, there's definitely he's definitely matured. Um, don't get me wrong, he does go. I think again that goes to Richard Rogers, who was very much composed, calm, and you know you, you can tell that it was a it was a job for him. If you know what I mean, but Lennon does stuff like that. it's like he's in for, obviously a massive Celtic fan of cares and stuff like that. But you're, that's not your job. Your job is to keep. I seen you liked a tweet the other day. Obviously, I'm not stalking you, right? It comes up in my my timeline. Um, but you liked a tweet which I f- uh, I found very interesting. It was um, a, a guy put out a tweet saying 
that he thinks Lennon will walk at the end of the season, even if you do 10 in a row. Like, do you think that could be a possibility? Because Lennon's no stupid. He's a Celtic man, and he knows... Uh, like the negative atmosphere and the 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 and the comments that are getting put towards him, uh, but do you can you actually see him walking in the season? Aye, aye, next Chris, what do you think? Yeah, 100% agree with what Joe just says. I don't see that how much else more he could talk that. Like, as Joe's touched on, he started it, um, come in, took over from Rogers, um, saw us over the line that season, and he could cap it off, all off by being the man that started it and ended it, the 10, possibly. Chris, you made an interesting point, I think, uh, on the pod or even in the Scott School chat that just say, hypothetically speaking, right, just say Rangers are like, right, I'm not saying this is going to happen, right, but obviously, as I said, hypothetically speaking, see if Rangers are like seven, ten points clear in October. You, I think you said that serious questions would need to be asked to Neil Lennon and you think that his position could be under threat. Do you think that's a possibility? Yes, I'll stand by that. Um, obviously, the first few games, I think people were, well, maybe even including myself, there was a sense of overreaction to it. But um, once you get to that territory of the season, that's when the league table really begins to take shape. And uh, you don't want let your number one rivals going that far ahead in front of you because at that point it could you run a real threat of the season being lost. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just going to say there, Kamara are winning one 0 against uh, Hamonaki, so they are. It was a uh, Kilty who scored the goal, and Chris Burke with the assist. I said I put a tweet out the other week, boys. Chris Burke, it's got better with age. Like it's meant to think, uh, Joe. Like back in the day, Chris Burke couldn't even get a look in uh, at Rangers, and now he's smashing it at like thirty five. I'm really impressed with Bucky. What is he, 35, mate, aye. Well done. No, he is. He's having a bit of a renaissance there. I think he, he likes that club, to be fair, and stuff like that. And to be fair, I, I think Kumar is actually a good player, talented side. I, I'm a big fan of managers as well. I think he's quite a, um, they're always quite tricky to play against when we play them. Mm-hmm. But I, it's, it's a weird one. He just gets better age. Year on year. And do you know what's meant it was well? Do you know, did, I don't know, like, I highlight that you watched this documentary, Joe, but there was a documentary, like, back in the day, uh, called Blue Heaven. It was on the BBC. Did you ever watch it? It was, like, about these uh, Rangers youth players, like, growing up and trying to get... Uh, a, t- a place in the first team did you ever watch it? No I've not I've heard it before but I've not watched it no. um, it was really interesting so it was and uh, it was it was basically talking about the, like these young players growing up and the, the, the journeys that they had and Chris Butt was a part of it and do you know Chris Butt was actually a Celtic fan growing up? Oh 
So he was. Ah, you know, I think I think that was common knowledge. I'm sure he came through the same time as like he came through at Celtic, and that was always a kind of thing with Bucks. Um, but was a, obviously a Celtic fan, and he was a, a massive Rangers fan growing up. In fact, I think he's actually got made affiliation towards Rangers, and what he does Celtic, even though he's played for us, which I find bizarre. But uh, I saw it. There's a few players like that, but Neil McCann was a Celtic fan. I'm sure growing up, he was. He was. Um... And like, he, like, look up now. Obviously, he had a great playing career at Rangers, and obviously, he's a Rangers man now. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, no, no. I know. I do. Neil McCann's opinion on football. What he felt, I do respect him as a pundit. Um, he's the bad. He's the best one in the Scottish kind of landscape by a distance. Yeah, exactly. Like you, I agree. Time, you feel like you've actually learned something, which I. It doesn't matter when you're watching pundits and they just tell you, like, they basically just narrate what happened and you're wanting to know why it happened there, I think. Like, I think being with fans could really break it down and make it sound simple. No, no, I absolutely agree because see Dean McCann on Rangers TV, mate, I think he's absolutely superb, so he is. Um, like, I really, really enjoy his analysis. And, yeah, like, you see, you see, I see, like, speaking about what you just said there about pundits nowadays. Like where they just basically narrate what's going on. They're just so they're basically explaining what's happened, but they're not actually giving you proper analysis. If you know what I'm saying, like they're not saying why did they do this, why did they do that. Like when you watch sports scene, for example, like see when you look at sports scene compared to match of the day, it's like night and day, mate. Genuinely, honest to God, is like see when I, like I'm not just saying this because I dislike him, but Michael Stewart, like when he's breaking down a game, it's he's literally narrating what's happened. You know, and you're like, okay, like, obviously, like, you're just explaining, I can, I've got two eyes, I can see what's happening, you know, and uh, did, you, did you see the howler he had at the weekend? Oh, by the way, Oofed! Jeez, oh! Jeez, oh, Celtic have conceded a penalty, troops! He's a man to take it for Lizzie. I'm not watching the game, boys, I'm just going by uh, use. Right now. Against Big Barkas, couldn't save, keep the penalty out against Kelly, if you remember. And it's in. Come on! <laughs> the bias on the Scott Scott host. Moments after, oh, um, oh. there was another end, um, Taylor the shot saved, and then Tristan on the rebound. Um, Sliding challenge from uh, the Levy defender. There was a penalty shout, but that wasn't a penalty for me. But I, the other end, Ayer is arms high, it's unnatural position. So that area of the park, you can't really have any arguments. Oh, definitely, definitely not, man. Um, but yeah, Joe, what do you make of that then? Uh, like what I said there. It was about Michael Stewart. Did you see what he said at the weekend on sports scene? Where he made a total fuck up. What, how, what did he say? Right, so he was analysing the Ross County game, right? And he was talking about Ross County's defending and he oh, mentioned wait, Lee Irwin. Yeah, Lee uh, Irwin, right? But Lee Irwin plays for St Mirren right now. <laughs> oh, I know, I remember seeing that. No, no, it's embarrassing, man. No, honestly, um, it just, no. It just shows you, like, like j- just to think, we as taxpayers are paying for this kind of, like, quality. I'm saying it in inverted commas, 
quality analysis. It's ridiculous, man. I know. He's just... He's a, he's, he wasn't even like that great as a player. I think he's got a wee bit of a chip on his shoulder. Um, because he went to Man U, and I think he kind of lived a cultured life where he's like in a, a, a good club, obviously, so Alex Ferguson's a good player, didn't he? He really got a look in. And then he got put up, and came up north, and I think he like, thought he was the kind of... The Doug's boys, basically. And he's... He was alright, but um, I I think he's just he thinks he's better than what he is in a lot of respects. No, he definitely does. Like I don't I don't get that at all. Like because see, like Michael Stewart, like obviously he's went and had a career in football, right? But what he he's like, see when you look at his whole career, he's done nothing literally, right? He was at Manu, and uh, Ferguson obviously let him go, and he went to Hibs on loan. He had no success there. John Collins hated him. Collins got rid of him because typical Michael Stewart had a bust up with him. So Collins got rid of him. Uh, Stewart went to Hearts. And uh, Levine literally came out and said that Michael Stewart was his worst ever signing. And he and he was only paying him £1 a week. Or whatever it was. I think it was part of the loan agreement. Um, but yeah, like, and he had to retire at 29. And he says it, He said on that interview with Cy Ferry, it was due to injury. Right, let's be honest. It was because he's utter shite and no one wanted him. <laughs> Simple as. I think, no, I don't know, maybe, I think it might be a case that maybe, like, he probably could have got a decent career, like, playing for Scumbill Inverness or something, but I think he probably just wanted to fuck it because I think he's better than that, but all that shit he was on with politics and all just fucking fucking football mates and all. That's what you're paid to do. I'm not interested in your political views. I saw you here after on Twitter, man. Yeah, do you know when you're, you see when you actually hear it, is it the, the time you hear it the most is when he's had a drink. Like, you would upload like a picture of it, like him drinking a bottle of whiskey, then at like two in the morning you'll see like a thread of him going on about independence, and it's just like, oh mate, give it a rest, man. It's it, it's it's honestly embarrassing. And it was quite funny so what, what it, Wait, on you go, sorry. sorry. I said that's a like you like to be fair. No, mate, not at all, not at all. <laughs> I drink the non-alcoholic oh, beer. McGregor. Yes. Oh, one each. What a strike. So, Chris, talk me through that goal. It was just a brilliant strike. A world it from McGregor. Uh, my fucking mother is pure trashing, man. Oh, Chris Sutton's trending on Twitter. I wonder why. Chris Sutton's uh, trending on uh, Twitter. Don't know why though. Megan deflection off the defenders back on the way in. That's good, but it was cold. I thought they would just park the bus and get to have a nightmare try to score, but to be fair, they would take a point anyway. But... Aye, definitely would, man. What happened to Ian? Did they shine yourself? Uh, no, Ian's. Uh... <laughs> Did he didn't shame himself No he's not a joke Al But to be fair You actually came on um, No Ian's going to be on soon mate um, I think he's uh, Doing some uh, I think he's uh, He's with his Wayne now So he, But he did say to me The other night That he'll be on At least for Four o'clock Pardon me Good stuff Yeah but I'm not going to lie boys I've just, just argued With him on Facebook messages A few times I know it's so funny man um, right, do you know one thing we've not spoken about yet? Rangers? 
I know, playing the more against the Highbies. Um but I the start to the season we've made Joe unbelievable. We've been tremendous. Uh, we have mate, like literally I know, but listen, I'm no he's certainly been tremendous, he's been good, I think, like and your defensive record's done amazing, but I'm not gonna lie with what's wrong with that, but I just I don't know. I'm very confident in this is the recorded so Make me eat the words at the end of the season. I'm very confident we won this week. This year, I would go as far as say I won it before five points at least. Mate, I, I, I'm not going to get too ahead of myself because I got I was being very cocky after we won that old firm game back in December. But right now, I, I'm happy with the start. Oh. I'm not going to get too ahead of myself. Um, we're playing some good stuff, and the, the way we're killing uh, teams off is brilliant to see. Like and defensively, as you, you pointed out, we've been so so solid. And John McLaughlin, by the way, he's keep McGregor out of the team. He actually is. It's mental. In fairness, though, he's not had he's not had loads today, but that's obviously. But see when he has uh, had like see when he has had something to do, he's he's he stood up and done something. Ah uh, yeah, he's a he's a knuckle, but I mean I would have McGregor anyway. I know obviously I really drop him in it, but. But I think as soon as maybe he concedes one or two, then McGregor would be back in. I don't think McGregor's too happy being at the side anyway. You can imagine it'd be fucking crazy. Is he always is? Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, it's 2-1 here. 2-1, Ryan Christie. Yep. System Greg Taylor. Oh, Farkas nearly made himself back there. The ball was going under. It would have been 2-2. Mental. So what's the system like, Chris? Is it a 3-5-2 then, aye? Yeah, 3-5-2. Yeah, so Joanna, I want to ask you this, right? Do you think El Hamid's the best right back in Scotland? No, but I think we've got the best right back in Scotland. See, I don't know if you heard it, right? See, when Tony was on the pod, see when he said it, what did you think when you heard that? We heard Tony say, I think El Hamid's the best right back in the country, even though he only played like four games. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He was fucking excellent. And I mean, see that see that game that we played to do is maybe he's 2 nothing. It's I know it sounds maybe exaggerated, but like, it was genuinely one of the best defensive performances I've seen for him on his own from debut. He was fucking brilliant that day. And he played a, I think we played, we played in Europe and all, one of the qualifiers, and he was magic there and all. He is good, I think. Um, no, but like, how can you say, like me and Ian always laugh about it, right? How can you say El Ham is the best right back in Scotland after about two or four games? You can't. Yeah, but the thing is, like, you can't say after like two or four games that he's the best right back in the country. You thought Gerard was a good manager without even really like knowing his. Gerard, you see the thing so like Gerard does have his flaws, right? But the thing is so, I think he is a good. I, th- I generally do think he's a good manager. Like he's not perfect, but I still think he is good. And the improvement that he's done at Rangers is like clear for everybody to see. Mm. I think he's a good manager. 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 I think he's
Oh, come on, Joe. You can't put our case for what Tony said. What, that he's... El Hammond's the best right-back in the country. Again, Huge respect for Tony, but he's he's had a hell of a this one. No, he's my pal. I'm not going to slag him. He's my pal too, mate. I love Tony a bit, but I'm just I saying, know, like I, that that is I a that is a shocking opinion to have. Like, how, but, like, how many games does he give somebody before you make an assumption of how good? Right, so are you, like you're trying to say, like, can you imagine if I came out and said, like, Ruth after two or four games is the best striker in the country? You'd be like Scott Sharp. Maybe. Oh come on, Joe! You know you know Tony's for late here. Right, Chris, I'll ask you. Right, Chris, you, uh, I, even you know this is utter rubbish. Do you do you think Alhamid's the best right back in the country? No, exactly. Who, right, the question is though, who do you actually think is the best right back in the country? As much as I hate to say it, I need to say Tav. Even though I have a I have a very love hate relationship with him. Mate, I, I, I genuinely I'm so excited about Frimpong. He's honestly I think he's fucking excellent man. Um Tavnir is good, granted, but I mean his defence awareness at times is absolutely shocking. Like literally terrible man, the amount of goal like bad goals he's he's so told over the years, man. What was the one? <laughs> was it um Feyenoord just played, or Young Boys or something, I can't remember. Young Boys, it was Young Boys away, he had a howl of that game, uh, he, 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 he was at fault for both the goals. But then again, CP said to me who would have rather have your Elgamid, I'd probably say Elgamid, so maybe I, I'll admit that I might be me being biased, but that's what I think. I see, uh, like, see Tav though, like, he has a lot of qualities going forward, he does. And uh, I can admit, I have been so critical of him, and it's been justified, you know. I still don't see him as a leader, but Gerard sees, some in him, sees something in him, sorry, that we don't. Like, he sees him every day in training. So, there must be something that we don't see, you know. And I, I, like, a lot of Rangers players get behind him, etc, etc. And I, I still think he is an asset to the team, because him going forward down that right-hand side... He is uh, going forward. He's the best attacking fullback in the country, hands down, in my opinion. Defensively, though, he defensively gets caught out too much. Get he's it like see when it's a one v one v one. Most of the time, he gets dead flustered and doesn't know what to do. Um, but I don't think he'll ever change that. You can coach him and coach him on trying to be a better defender, but I don't think he'll ever improve defensively. You know, because he's getting on. Like I think he's like twenty six. Right now, 20, 26, 27, he's getting up there. So he's getting, he's coming into his prime, his career. So I think the way Tav is right now, that'll be him. But going forward, though, he is tremendous. He really is. And it's like he, he suits the, 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 the definition of a modern fullback, if you know what I'm saying. Like the modern fullback where it's like, it's not like the old days where like, like a Gary Neville type of player that would, uh, a, full, a right back that would sit back and not get forward as much. Fullbacks nowadays have to get forward, and Tav fits into our style of play where we want Barisic and Tav to both get forward down the wings and contribute to the attack. I, I, I don't know. I, I just don't trust him, and I wouldn't trust him if he's in my team. Like, you can't deny he's, he's assisting that. He's clearly got a lot of ability, but he's just sometimes... Like, 
I've seen, I think it was clear as well under Rodgers that we used to kind of target him as well. We used to always play down the left um, because we knew that he's, he's shaky defensively, but I, he is, he's, he's set, he's delivering, he's delivering generals. Brilliant, I'm not going to argue with that. Um, but I think he's obviously starts with goals a bit this season because obviously he's missed his penalties or missed penalties. He's got a cracker after he kicked the other night, by the way. Like, tremendous, so it was. Like, I, I think we've got, see, Barisic, I think he's the best player in the country when it comes to a dead ball uh, set piece, 100%. Like, yeah, from, see, from a dead ball situation, he's the best. No, I'll tell you who I do think you're going to be raging at this. Uh, even I don't like saying it, but Griffiths, genuinely. S- speaking of Griffiths, right, what's uh, your stance on him right now? I just kind of got off him, to be honest with you, anyway. I'm just scared of him. Um, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, see, when we came back and him and Edward were up front, it was shit hot. But why make all that progress and then just fucking lapse again when you go into like, lockdown and you're no being a conditioning work? It's basically exactly like you're paid to be fit. That's what you're paid to be. It's not difficult. Just keep yourself fit. And he couldn't even do that. So, I don't know. I'd. When he's fit and firing, he's brilliant. I can't, you can't deny he isn't. He's, he's brilliant and he's one of the best finishers we've ever had. I think, if I'm being honest, he's he's lethal in front of goal. But it's just the petulance and that. I just kind of be asked with it and all that that social media stuff. Lennon's right. It just it's no difficult. Just keep your yourself. You keep doing. He can't do that. It's like he wants to wind up. But I think you could probably get away with it if you're like an Aberdeen or something. But when you're in a goldfish bowl, like. Celtic for Rangers, you can't. You need to get conduct so important because social media will literally go fucking mental. Whatever you do, like you're so reactionary. Um, but aye. Hey, you're spot on. Chris, what's your thoughts? Do you have you got the same uh, views as uh, Joe on Ellie Griffiths? Because I, I remember when Griffiths had uh, what was it? He had a gaff during the obviously the lockdown, yeah, and I think right away you were like fucking like nah, I can't be awesome anymore. Aye. Um, I think it's pretty much the way the team's set up now and how deep we are at striker and with Ayeti coming in, the emergency of Formala. Um, obviously, Formala, I think with Formala, there's a sense that Lennon is, doesn't exactly trust him, but he would still rather have him ahead of Griffiths, the way Griffiths has kind of conducted himself and wasted his talent. So, um, so be hanging around them. Um, don't know how quick we can get shot at him because I don't think Andy's exactly that interested with the way he's like to sell goal and conduct himself off the park. Mm-hmm. Like, look, like, I've said it plenty of times, right? Lee Griffiths is a good player. I'm not denying that. But he's his own worst enemy. He, he really is. Like, the talent's there, but he just constantly lets himself down all the time because he's got the. The, the mind of a 14 year old like he's still not like he's not grown up at all which is embarrassing like he's like 28 and there's only so many chances that you can give this guy and obviously I don't want really to go into more details with Lee Griffiths right but I feel as though he's totally ripped the cut out of Celtic like Celtic have given him chance after chance after chance and I feel like Lennon is that type of guy that like you know yourself, Joe? Like, see with Lennon, like look at the amount of chances he gave Stokes, and then you know what Lennon was like. You know what? There's only so much I can do. I'm done. 
you know. And I feel as though that's the way Lennon is with Griffiths right now. He's like, I've stuck by you. You went through your uh, your mental health stuff, etc., etc., and you you just keep messing up yourself. There's not much more I can do. What did you hear? Speaking of like, like bad eggs in football, Anthony Stokes, uh, Anthony Stokes got well, his contract got mutually terminated during the week. Uh, what do you make of that then, Joe? Like that, that like we said in chat, he may as well just pack it. He should just pack it in right now. I, I, it's obviously when you're a professional football, you've got a short career and you probably need to make as much money as you can, like especially at that level, because. You're not going to have enough money to sustain you for the rest of your life and think about it. Well, unlikely. Um, so I think it probably does have to find a club and that, but Stokes is a kind of summer situation for Griffiths. Like, there's clearly talent there, and I think you said before you go rate him as a player, like, I'd strongly disagree with that. I, I think Stokes was brilliant technically and stuff like that, but it's just his attitude. Um, he done it with Celtic a couple of times. He got involved in He's got he's got a lot of demons as well. Like, uh, as like I think you've seen it in the press as well. Where uh, like he got in a fight with a Elvis impersonator or something like that. Right. Fucking embarrassing man. Then it was another one that um, this was like obviously this is a very deep one that uh, he was stalking his ex and he got charged for it and he got found guilty for something like. It's it's not a good look. Like I think I think Stokes has a lot of like personal like issues and that it was clearly evident as well when he was at Hibs where the Hibs team went abroad to I think it was Marbella Marbella whatever it was um, and he would wander off in the night at like 4 or 5 in the morning on his own uh, and just start getting on it and then I think that was the last straw for Neil Lennon he was like yeah like I said to the boys to be in to the hotel at such and such time and then Stokes was like you know what fuck this I'm just going to go out and get pissed and do my own thing. Like, you know, it's like, when you're at that age, you need to be setting an example. You need to be like a role model for younger players and Stokes is not that at all, you know. But I think, as we just said there, I think Len just completely had enough of him. He's like, there's only so much I can do. I'd, see, the thing is, I'm not obviously with all the footballs and stuff like that, but I did for them as well that, it's like quite a lonely existence when you think about it. You can't, especially when you play up here and stuff. Like you can't really go out much in public, and 
you finish training at two o'clock, then you're sitting about for the rest of the day. You can't go and drink really. You need to kind of follow a kind of healthy lifestyle. And it, as much as obviously it's a privilege and stuff like that, it, it must be difficult for players to, to keep it like to know to find something to do with themselves. Um, because even I don't think Lennon cares right enough because he's always up to ten as far as party, but like. He's allowed to now because he's a manager. Like he's a manager now. <laughs> he, he like Lenny can cut about that big beer belly if you want. It's like he's done it. <laughs> he meant he's done it as a player. You know, like. It used to infuriate me, but though, like, see if Lennon was going out and it would seem like um, Lennon attacked and people are saying, "Oh, he shouldn't be here." That's not the problem. Like people shouldn't be acting like that. You don't see acting a Rangers player out when he attacks them. Do you know what I mean? But like, they're the scumbags. It's no. Uh, I yeah. Oh. Yeah, I was going to say, boys, right, this, this Zoom call is about end in like five minutes, so I'm going to restart this and uh, put the link in the, the chat just now, right? Yeah, cool. uh, so that's us uh, back yeah. on the Zoom call. You know, it's annoying that like, you have a 45-minute time limit on the, the Zoom calls, but is what it is. But, Chris, let's get a wee update in the Celtic game. Yeah, we almost had a chance there. Ryan Christie breaking into the box after the pass from McGregor, but McCrory comes rushing out and gets to the ball before Christie can hit it goal bound. So, Joe, what do you make of the game so far? You like you been impressed with Celtic's performance? My link crashed about ten minutes ago. The all counts look decent. Um, Darnold Day's getting some amount of stick on Twitter, he must be commentating, but. Who's getting a lot of stick? He called Cal McGregor Connor McGregor. Oh, is, uh, it, is it Celtic TV commentary, aye? Aye, aye, aye he's on Celtic TV, but see, he was on that, um, seemed like that Hungarian mob man, he was terrible, but don't get me wrong, right. I think he was trying to obviously break down the game the way McCann does, but he was using all the coaching buzz- buzzwords, like transition and low block and all that stuff, man. But, mm. Aye, yeah, but he's apparently. Like and stuff like that. Yeah, what so Joe, what did you make of the Stevie Grieve interview that I done? Aye, it was good. It was good for me to come on, to be fair. Um it's impressive really what he's done man when you think about it, like you're clearly very driven, you don't go to India and stuff like that to better your career if you're no you know, you're driven, but uh I enjoyed it, mate. So did. No, I appreciate that, mate. Chris, what do you think of the Stevie Grieve interview? Yeah, I thought it was very well conducted, very well researched. You could tell that quite a lot of the information that you got me talk about wouldn't have exactly been readily available or out there exactly. So you got your facts right, well researched. Um, you got some good answers out of him. Um, I know you wanted to give him some stick. What, was it last weekend? <laughs> yeah, I wanted to, but nah. He's a nice guy. I didn't want to wind him up. <laughs> Yeah, oh, just, I was just an excuse for us to tell you how good you were, Scott. What did you say, mate? I was just an excuse for us to tell you how good you were. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> no, it's, I thought the interview went very well, and uh, it was really good of Stevie coming on, uh, and I really enjoyed like listening to him. And as you said, Joe, he's, he's really been about the place. And my, I think my favourite story that he told me was... Uh, when he was a manager in uh, Switzerland, and like obviously he heard an interview, Stevie's about five foot five, right? And uh, his team are losing uh, in the first half. They had a terrible first half, and he went in there to the dressing room, 
and he he was fuming and he just started going nuts, giving the players a hairdryer treatment, right? And he obviously he he doesn't consider himself an intimidating guy, but he just started mouthing off and speaking it obviously just speaking in English, just going nuts at the players. They didn't have a clue what he said, but it worked because I had, like once he done that second half they went on and won the game, and that that was probably my favourite story that he told. But great guy, honestly, it was great him coming on, so it was. Shanklin's getting his first goal of the season. Oh. Is it his first goal of the season? It must be. I don't remember who's going before. I think Never you're right, Joe. I think you're right, mate. Um, but I done the United are 1-0-0. Just went half-time here, 2-1 Celtic. Done the United 1-0-0. Here, where do you... Chris, where do you see done the United finishing this season? Um, do I see them going down? Mm, nah, I don't see that either, to be honest. I I, I I think top six is a bit of a push, but I think they'll get they'll they'll at least stay up. Ninth, tenth, I would maybe feel a bit harsh saying eleventh, um, but kind of between ninth and eleventh, I would say. Mm, definitely. What about you, Joe? Uh, much the same, but who do you see going down really? We always say Aki's every year. Uh, see, we always say Aki's every year, but they never go down. <laughs> I can't believe um, Aki's and Livingston relegated man with the plastic pitches. I just think it's a joke. Aye, the plastic pitches are fucking shambles, man. Plastic pitches. To be fair, Milton Aki's isn't that bad, but I mean, I've played, well, I've played football, I've, I've genuinely played better surfaces than the one at um, Livy. It's terrible, and you see the black bubbles not coming up. Mate, I hate, I despise playing in plastic pitches, but like, you ever played at goals? Oh, but why am I asking you if you've played at goals? I know you have played at goals, but I hate playing at goals. Like, the like it's like those wee pellets that, that always get in your shoes and it's just like a plastic pitch. I hate it. That's why I never play at goals. Like, like I, I enjoy, like, do you know how the recce have got a, a, they've built new pitches and they're literally plastic pitches? I'm just like, nah, man, like, can we just go back to the old standard way where it was just grass, fucking grass? Like that's how should uh, that's how football should be played on. It's I it is, but like I think it's hard for like it's, I can see the economical argument. Like it's obviously a lot more easy. One, it's expensive to obviously install, but you don't pay anywhere as much money to like maintain it and stuff like that. But I enjoyed playing last trophy. It's like well, gee, but um, I think. Is 3G, um, but no, um, I used to hate playing. I used to play goals and all, man. So, see, when you are diving onto that astro, was horrendous. I know, no, mate, like that's I know, like I'm not gonna lie, see, when I play football, I'm, I'm quite a dirty bastard, right? I, I, I do enjoy going for the, the old cheeky uh slide tackle, but see, trying to do it on uh Ashitoff, it's brutal, mate, it is brutal. What position were you when you played? I played in goals and then I played left back, left mid, centre mid kind of. I'm left footed so I would always put somewhere on the left usually. Um, but no, I, to be fair I've not played football in years. Like, I think the last team I played for I was 16, 17 maybe. Is it like, see, see before I turned 18? I would be going out and be playing football like literally all the time. But I think everyone's the same. Once they start getting older and they start going out, 
socialising much more like going to like the pubs and going out uh, clubs etc they just kind of like distance themselves from football if you know what I'm saying like if you want to play for a team nowadays Joe I think you need to be fully committed to it it's like one of those things where you write okay I need to cut down on nights out and nights out and that like and you totally focus on playing for this team like I can't be going out just having a laugh with the boys etc like you need to be fully committed I wouldn't mind like, being committed to it if I was any good man, but I dare say I would get alright, like again, but it's like, you know yourself, man, so you've been playing football for ages and you go to a game of fives and you're just well off it, man. There's no oh, mate, like. Like, I remember I went a game of fives with Jamie Murray in that a couple of years ago, man, and I was honestly god, mate, like. <laughs> I, like, within like the first like 15, 20 minutes, I was like done in, you know, but I've be, I, I been playing a few. Uh, like five asides uh, recently over the last couple of months or so, like and it's been good and we've been doing it properly at the high park uh, in Okapatrick, like where it's like proper grass and this rubbish where you need to book a pitch for like an hour and play on three G or like a, a plastic like just a, in general a plastic pitch, like it's, I just can't do it, mate. Like I just I hate playing in that surface. But Chris, uh, did you play football back in the day? Oh. I'm saying that. I'm saying that as if as if you're like fifty. <laughs> well, I'm, I think I'm older than everyone else on the. Ah, you're, yeah, Chris, um, you're twenty nine, aren't you? Yeah, um, but uh, never for teams that wasn't ever that level talented. Just like in school and then PE, if you played football and a couple of games of fives, but I was because I I think I didn't actually get into like following football until I was a bit older myself, so I think that had an impact on like my playing abilities. Yeah, like 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 see like I am the the exact same as like Joe and yourself, like like I, I only like the only time I, I didn't play for any teams, I just I, I would play five aside, just play with my pals as a laugh, whatever. But put it this way, I'm much better at talking about football than I'm playing it. I think we all are. <laughs> I not 100% now. I, I do. I've always been football after the fair. I, I'm kind of the way where um, I do watch like, European football and stuff like that and I do enjoy it but like I like like a more Celtic orientated and football orientated if that makes sense. Like, it's the first thing I'll check in Ireland is the Celtic news like, but I wouldn't look at football news if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like here's a question right? See when you are just watching like a a game like that's not to do with Celtic or Rangers in general. Like see if I'm watching a Celtic game, I will be invested because that's like Rangers rivals, right? And I want to see Celtic lose, so I'm invested. But see when you watch a game in the EPL, like I don't know, like Palace versus uh, Leicester, like do you just feel like like you do you see your attention span for it? Is it really short? And you're just like, I don't really care. I mean, it's short. I'll, I'll watch it though. Like, I'll watch a game if it's on. I'll obviously flick through my phone and I'll let them know if it's a Celtic game. And I, I don't know, like, in the EPL standards, but man, just to be hanging. But I was watching, um, who was I watching? Wolves, like, um, last season. And like, don't look at like see the players are genuinely like I think ten year ago they'd have been like considered world class. I just think the level of football is like developing it rapidly, so much quicker now. Um, but I know I I I do kind of 
I, I don't just because you don't care. Do you know what I mean? There's no emotional interest there. Yeah. You're just watching it because it's on. But like Champions League games are classic and stuff like that. Do we feel like when it gets to the last stages? No, it definitely is. And uh, I'll be back in two seconds, boys. I'll wait the pressure. So <laughs> you'll miss my voice for about two minutes. <laughs> Um, yes, of course, oh, Rangers will do the business tomorrow. <laughs> um, I, I, to be fair, but I really like Hibs. Um, I like watching them. I like Jack Robinson. I don't know. No, Jack Ross is a really good manager, mate. Like, it, as much as I dislike Hibs, right? Like, I, after you need, like, you need cause you to see it, right? See that Hibs team is a really good Hibs team, and Jack Ross is the best appointment they could have got. And I thought Jack Ross was very, very hard done by at Sunderland. So I, like, I really thought like he'd done the best he could. And see the second half of that season, where he nearly got Sunderland promoted, he got fucked over because Sunderland sold uh, that striker to I think it was uh, Bord- what was it? I think it was Bordeaux. Was it? What's his name uh, again? Maja. Yeah, like Maja. Yeah, like great striker. And Sunderland sold him, and that's what fucked them over. And then, obviously, Joe, you've watched Sunderland until I die, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, like, remember Jack Ross said on the phone to the chairman, like, do not sign Will Gregg for f- uh, £3 million. Like, you're Like, he's a decent player, but he's not worth that much. The owner did not listen to him, went ahead and signed Will Gregg, and it turned out to be a complete flop, you know? But uh, that's what I mean, though. He got he got fucked over big time, man. And look at the state of Sunderland now. He's um. I was listening to Lewis Morgan on Sunday, and he said he was really 
really good. He, he's pure. He's pure. Looks up to Brendan Rodgers right enough. Supposedly used to be in Celtic training ground quite a lot and look, going to like training drills and stuff like that. And obviously implementing the way what they were doing at St Mirren. But actually, when um, Rodgers left, I thought we might have went in for him. But I think he just he might have just went to Sunderland at that point. No. No, wasn't it? But I always thought we might have went for him. Um, but I don't know. I would actually when he might see him at Celtic because I think he has he has a good manager. I think if he was working with better players, he'd be even better. Right, speaking of Brendan Rodgers, right? This is this is like Joe. You've not you've only been on the podcast a couple of times, right? Let's talk about Brendan Rodgers, right? Let's not. Like right, right. So Brendan Rodgers, what is your thoughts on him? somebody would look at Pinky and ex-wife I think you know what I mean like yeah oh, they gave me some good times and some good memories but <laughs> I, I love that analogy I, I love that analogy I, bro I, I don't I don't wish any ill on him but um, I listen I hate my pet hate and it, it goes for Rangers as well when people come up here and try to patronise um But see the hands like see look at it like see when you look at uh, the success that he brought you right like he, he like seven trophies in a row and back to back trebles and I think the Leicester job was the best he was going to get you know and you know you know you know yourself show there's a real stigma around Scottish football where just say Brendan Rodgers wasn't able to deliver the treble treble right people down south be like ah. They would still look at. They would still have a negative slant on it, you know. So, uh, see what he done for you. Is, uh, he, he, he was one. Of, honestly, he done an unbelievable job. And the Leicester job, as I said, was the best he's going to get. So, you, how can you grudge him at wanting to bet his career? If you know what I'm saying, like going down south. Celtic are a much bigger club than Leicester, right? But I'm talking about like his end goal was to always go back down south. And it was like, I can understand why some Celtic fans would be annoyed at him leaving, but the reaction from the Celtic fans treating him like he was like a, a Judas and he was like a, a complete scumbag was ridiculous. It really was. I thought the, the criticism was way over the top, honest to God. I thought it was ridiculous. But, well, no, but I, no, I disagree. I do think obviously Rangers fans are a bit 
I maybe you don't want him to like he's not a scumbag out like not by any means, but I think it's very easy for you to say you're you're not in a situation like where I think the foot was up the on the shoe was another foot and it was the Rangers and it was a, a manager that level telling you how he's a big Rangers man and then leave it the first time I think you would be Justifiably raging. I'd be annoyed, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't like. I wouldn't hate the guy. I wouldn't hate him because I'll be like, I'll remember the good times, and he gave you a lot of good memories. And it's. It, I find it. No one will lie me. I find it pretty sad that some Celtic fans, like, see, like they're they're basically forgetting all the good times Rogers gave him, and then they're just like, you know what, Rogers come back. He left to go to Leicester. When when you think about it on paper, that was a great deal for him and for him. His career and his family, you know, and remember what happened as well, where his his house got robbed, uh, from uh, I think it was like a correct me if I'm wrong, but it was most likely Celtic fans that robbed his house and took all his medals etc. Which is bang your order, man. Like just because he what wanted to say? go down hold south. On, hold on, hold on. How can we say though it's Celtic fans and Rangers fans as well? I don't understand how. But I don't, well, I don't basically the, the the reports what did you see the reports. Uh, in the the media, it was it was Celtic fans. Right, well, obviously that's it's fucking awful. You shouldn't like need to have to go through that. But things like that happen everywhere. Like happens in South regularly. Um, Ten hours under Arnold, he left Liverpool. Your Madrid. cousin, your second cousin, bro. <laughs> I was deliberately not saying anything. So you're just he moved he moved to Liverpool to Manchester because. Like having issues like you can try to break in and stuff like that, it happens in cities all over the place. Like, I don't think that was a fact from going, but look, there's always going to be a family sure he's near, and I don't care. There is, there's no, there's no doubt about it. People look back more fondly on Neil Lennon and what they will, Brendan Rogers, if Lennon wins this year. Would you say Rogers back at Parkhead though? Yeah, imagine you would. Would you not? No, but so he goes into Leicester for his wee holiday and decides he's quite to come back, of course. No, I'm talking about he said to him, like, yeah, if he was to turn up at a game, whatever, in the stands, like, if you were there, would you boo him? Like, would you boo him or would, what would you do? If he was in the stands, uh, like, in the director's box, whatever, to watch Celtic, like, how would you, how would you accept that? I don't know. Um, I, I really don't know. Maybe in the heat of the moment, you could maybe see yourself boo yeah, Chris, what's your thoughts on Brendan Rodgers? Sorry, sorry I've not came to you yet, but I want to hear, hear your thoughts on Brendan Rodgers because I know you're very, pardon me, uh, like, like Joe in the sense of like you're very open-minded and you're like a very, pardon me again, <laughs> fair Celtic fan. Yeah, well, I think I would have had a bit more respect for him if he at least like stayed until the end of that season um, and I honestly thought that he could have perhaps got a bigger job I thought looking at it he could have got the job that Frank Lampard ultimately got at Chelsea if he stuck out at Celtic so um, uh, sorry to interrupt you very quickly Chris um, do you know how you're saying like he could have stayed to the end of the season right he actually apparently said to Leicester could I wait until the end of the season and Leicester said no it's take it or leave it and I think he had no choice but to go for it, you know. So, yeah, but continue. Obviously, you're saying that. I think he's all my ambitions to get one of the top four jobs in England. Obviously, um, think missing out, well, blowing 
a Champions League spot, um, kind of would have been his undoing for like, the short term, but he's definitely done a good job there, um, getting them into Europe. Um, but um, yeah, just if he said to the end of the season, he could have got a bit that season, he could have got a bigger job. Um, obviously, he didn't. It was like take it or leave it now kind of thing for him. That's yeah, an understandable move. I think he, I th- to be honest with me, I think he, he made the right call where he left with his reputation intact, where it was like, a, it was at an all-time high, and he's like, you know what, Leicester, great facilities, really good club to go to, it's perfect, so he went for it, and I don't blame him at all, and see the hands no, as well, no, mate, I'm going like, to cut, cut you in there, I'm going to cut you in there, oh, and you go, I and you go, I Yeah, not seeing Naismith and Whitaker, like, like see, every ex-Rangers player I would pretty much have respect for, like, majority of them, but the only two players I'm not have respect for and they would never be welcome back at Ibrox is Whitaker and Naismith, and that was due to the way they left and what they came out and said. Like, see, the, see when we got demoted, etc., and administration liquidation, that kind of stuff, see the rest of the players that left, they didn't say a thing, right? And then you got Whitaker and Naismith, who'd done a, pr- a press conference coming out, calling us a new club, all this garbage, and that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back, and we're like, nah, we're done with them, and I, I, I see when I see, a few, when I see uh, Rangers fans on Twitter saying they want Naismith back, it's embarrassing, like, why would you want someone like that back, you know, and you know what I find funny, see the players we had, like, during that tenure, um, like, Naismith, etc, and then, even, even Charlie Adam, Charlie Adam left in like, 2010, I think, like you, you see Charlie Adam, for example, come crawling at the woodwork, going in the media, uh, and he's like, "Oh, I would love to go back to Rangers." Blah blah blah. He's only saying that because no club wants him, you know. And see Charlie Adam, and uh, remember we had that charity game last year, Rangers versus Liverpool, and uh, I don't know if you've seen this show. Like Ger- Gerard got brought on in the last ten minutes in the Rangers jersey, right? And Charlie Adam came on at the same time as him. The reason for that being is because. See if Charlie Adam came on himself, he would have got booed. Because years ago, Charlie Adam got asked uh, about Rangers being administration, and his, his answer was, I don't care. It's nothing to do with me. You know? And then it's just like, it's pathetic, you know? And uh, that's the thing, though, Rangers fans don't forget about those. Uh, the, uh, the, we don't forget about those things. Like, uh, like even if Mary does go, which is 
most it's most likely going to happen. He'll go with my best wishes, same with the Rangers fans as well. Like, because he gave us so much, he was a tremendous player, you know. But I, I think Celtic fans should be a, a wee bit more. I don't know. They should be. They they shouldn't be so harsh and like people like Tierney leaving. You know, like see what happened to Tierney when he was on open goal. He was like, "I'm scared to go back to Parkhead." That's like that's ridiculous, man. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what it is with Tierney. I, I don't. I do want to see Tierney do well for Arsenal and stuff like that. I do. Um, he's kind of made me eat my words when I said a couple of years ago. I thought he was a little overrated. You did, mate. You thought he was saying that bad, but I've never disputed his good. What, Chris? Was oh, it 3-1? 3-1, I yeah, too. Stupid. Um, albeit it was good, Tierney, uh, but I just thought we liked a wee bit. I think as well with Tierney, though, he wasn't again as his, his best like in the last maybe year or two, but uh, due to injuries. Um, another thing I've got a problem with is I don't understand how I think Celtic, like, well, gave him injections into putting off operations when he had to have like a year recovery thing, really. I yeah. thought it was a wee bit, it's a wee bit careless. Yeah, Chris, how did you feel? How did you feel when Tierney left? Like, did did you were you angry at him or were you like, yeah, understand why he made that move to go to Arsenal? I'd I'd say I definitely could understand why he wanted to go. Um, because a young boy, um, all the talent in the world, um, and I do feel that he wasn't going to reach his full potential at a club like Celtic um, so for him obviously it wasn't an easy decision it was having to go with his head over his heart I feel so um, but I, I definitely didn't have any ill feelings towards him for it mm. I'd be very surprised if he was, was he back at Celtic one day I think he'll come back Joe do you agree with, uh, with what uh, Chris said did you think even Celtic fans were call, like, calling him all sorts do you think that was by order? Of course it was. Of course it was. It's a totally different situation. That's a young boy who has been at Celtic since he was ten years old, and like you can't he has a he has a you can tell how much it means to him. Like he's what I've heard before, he's still a Celtic fans in Seville or something. Um, he, but what he said was um, Celtic gave me a lot, and I think he said that he wanted to make sure Celtic get good money for him and stuff like that, and that's why like I mean Celtic five million up front for him, which is great. Get that kind of thing. Like usually things like that is put installments, like based on appearances and stuff like that. But it was a good. It was good for me. It was good for Celtic. So and that is like that's really been the money that we used to buy for us the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. You think about it. Um, I'm going to end the Zoom call right now because obviously time limits say uh, coming up. So I'll end it and then I'll uh, put it in the chat again. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That's us back again. So uh, what happened in the Celtic game, Joe? It's a cracking finish for you. He's a striker, by the way. You can tell he's just a natural. I think he'll score a lot of goals up here. It's already looking like five million. It's a cracking thing because all his goals he scored, I've said, are like are strikers' goals. Um, he actually, he, he reminded me in the first game I watched him. See, mostly like I think um, Yellowbitch was a wee bit taller and stuff like that. But he reminds me of Yellowbitch. He's kind of touching that. Yeah, he's just got that kind of that ability in front of goal where. And he's quite, he's quite a, like quite a physical striker as well. You know what I've seen. Here's a question, right? It's pure random. It's pure random, right? I'm just going to ask you anyway. Joe, see out of all the old firm games that you watch, right? What old firm game or what old firm defeat did you feel so sickened by? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure. 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 I'm not s
Yeah, I don't know. 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 See, see the Scottish Cup semi-final in 2016. That seems to leave a real sour taste in a lot of Celtic fans, Aye, like uh, Mouse. Yeah, because see, anytime I speak to any Celtic fan about that, I'm like, I, even you as well. I'm like, what was your thoughts when Rogic uh, skied that penalty? And won't tell what the response is all the time. I, I just I tried to clear out my memory. Like I, right after that, I turned the TV off. That's it. I just tried to forget about it. But would you say I, that one in recent memory? I, Maybe, like, at the time, you could probably say, I haven't seen a look back to that now, like, probably the best thing that happened to Celtic. I know, exactly, because we fucking lost the final, and that was, like, the worst memory, or, or, sorry, the worst moment for me being a football fan. Like, see when Grey scored that header in the cup final? Honest to God, mate, it it still haunts me to this fucking day. It was brutal. It was honest to God brutal, mate. Like, you have no idea, like, we're winning 2-1 with 20 minutes to go. We're coasting it, and then boom, two each, and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. And they, I, and then see when they got that like that last set piece towards the end of the game, I was like, this is going in because we uh, like throughout the whole season we were shite at defending set pieces. Boom, three two, just stormed at the stadium, man. Stormed at the stadium was sick, horrible. <laughs> no, but you know what's mental though? When I was walking back to my supporters bus, there was like. Police and horses going in, right? Going into the stadium, like, what the fuck's going on? Like, what's this all about? Go back to the bus, go on my phone, find out, oh, Hids fans have uh, invaded the pitch, seen the photos and that, and I'm like, scunned. My, my pal was working, he was, um, he was on shift and that, and he was like, oh, the police just eventually got, you can't, you can't, there's nothing you can literally do, like, you can't have as many police as there is people, like, and, but yeah exactly can you imagine if uh, Rangers Celtic done that like just say Rangers Celtic won a cup final and uh, and one of the old firm went on the pitch and done that they'd be crucified in the press but see because it was Hibs you get Nicola Sturgeon no, I don't, not making it pl- political right but Nicola Sturgeon came out and was like congratulations to Hibs blah 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 and you're like she wouldn't come out and say that about Celtic and Rangers you know so there's a real stigma around the old firm if something, something like that was to happen you know I'd say so. I think when it's Celtic Rangers. Well, I think we're looked differently. We're, we're looked at differently from, like the like just in general, especially from the press as well. Like if the old firm do something wrong, they they over exaggerate it big time. But if it's like a small club, it's fine. Don't like it's fine. Okay, it's like heads won the they won the Scottish Cup for the first time in over a hundred years or whatever. Like, it's fine for them to go on the pitch and rip up the goalposts, etc. I don't think, to be fair, I think they were fairly vilified for it. I think, it's like, it might have been portrayed that the media were kind of 
like leading them, letting them off it. But I think Petrie was saying, like, was Petrie in, was interviewed and he said, uh, he Petrie said over his evidence, yeah. All he did, all he did was, all he did was it, but that's that might not be them condoning it. I think you're a tape as well. It's hard to like, I don't know. I just, I don't think you're right, but I think if it had been Celtic or Rangers, there would have been. A big backlash, huge backlash, mate. Huge, man. Like, yeah, Chris, what's your thoughts on this alcohol ban still going on in Scottish football? Like, it's fucking ridiculous, I think. It's, um, in 40 years, you were just talking about if uh, the hip situation had been Celtic or Rangers. Um, obviously, it was a, as a result of the 1980 Old Firm final that mm-hmm. had alcohol being banned in Scottish stadiums. Mm-hmm. Um point there. Um, but uh, yeah, I've I've been to a rugby game, um been to a game in England, you're not allowed alcohol within what sight of the pitch at Premier League games, you have to drink them in the concourse. Um but I don't I don't see a problem right now, especially um well that was actually the point I was going to make, the one I just forgot to make. Um any game I've been at Hamden since. I've been to a couple of finals at Hamden now, and that's been since the 2016 final. Um, they actually, regardless of the result or the occasion, they do form like a wall of police and stewards, which would practically make any pitch invasion impossible. So um, mm-hmm. I think there's definitely enough controls in place that would prevent like, any like, drunk out control fans if they had been consuming alcohol. And yeah, plenty of police about to deal with any troublemakers within the stands. No, exactly. Like, I think, I think though, realistically, though, like, I mean, my dad and I have been just for twenty odd years, and like, people get fucking blitter before the game, regardless. Like, it doesn't matter. And realistically, you go to a game for ninety minutes, so maybe say if you add in half time, and maybe before the game, maybe say another, you're at the game maybe two and a half hours. Realistically, how many much can you drink then? And you know what, to queue up and get pints when you're during the game, do you know what I mean? You go and get one at half time, so I don't really see if it's regulated, like, because maybe they are kind of token system where you're only allowed a maximum of two or something per game. Or yeah. Three. No, no, you're spot on, mate, yeah. And also, as well, yeah. like, you can put it it's like £4 a pint where people like, people be like, you know what, well, that's too pricey, I'm not going to get that. And like, that's saying, though, like, even though there's a ban on alcohol, eh, like, getting served at games, people, as you said, people are still going to get fucking steaming before it. So, like, people be like, you know what? Fuck it, like, I'm going to get actual right before the game because I can't get a drink inside the stadium. So, it, so it, it's it's so stupid. It really is. And, and as Chris said, he's been to rugby games and uh, rugby games, you can drink alcohol at the concourse and it's totally fine. But with football, though, it's totally different. It's a, 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 I don't know if you've seen this, uh, uh, what came out the other day. A rugby player uh, in Scotland tested positive uh, for COVID right after he went to a party. Right, and the rugby game still went ahead, and you didn't hear a word from Nick or Sturgeon at all criticizing the guy. But yet, when uh, when it's Aberdeen players, Celtic players getting like breaking the rules, they get vilified in the press from uh, Nick or Sturgeon. But when it comes to rugby players, oh, nothing's getting said, and no games are getting called off. Not defending what the Celtic and Aberdeen players done, you know. But come on, like it's double standard, isn't it? And even a bit of a classist element because um, rugby fans, rugby background, they tend to be a bit more middle class, so definitely a bit of a classist element there. Yeah, I, I, it's I not right at all. Watch a game of rugby. 
Uh, yeah, fuck watching Robbie, man. Like, yeah, see some of those fucking videos you see on Twitter, and you, like it's these pure like really really weird videos, like the a bunch of guys throwing a guy down the fucking like floor on a slippery surface into something naked, and you're just like right away the replies are like Robbie, you definitely tell you can definitely tell those guys are it Robbie. It's like that's what the replies are full of. Like you can definitely tell they're into Robbie. I think it's, um, but I think the match the experience in Scotland in general is just fucking awful, man. It's like, pish, mate. Even down south, it's so much better. I know, like, it's... No, like, see, like, it's like, we just put it on as well, like, even... Like, even at half-time at, at Ibrox, it's just, like... It, like you, it's just pish, like, in general. It's like... Like, that's, I like, know, it's not like people want to... It, it go they like turn up at Ibrox and be like right I'm going to buy about all sorts of drinks it's just like one a pint or two for the game and even drink at the concourse that's it it's it but it's it's ridiculous so it is man. Uh, I, I think it's like well, Can I just say Ross County are beating St Johnston one uh, 0 uh, I missed this goal in the first half. It was uh, Alex Lacavetti scored for uh, Ross County uh, in the first half at the forty first minute. Looks like Callum Davidson's had quite a shaky start. The start, first couple of games, first two games for Ross County, it well, the first one's okay, I'm not sure, mate. I'll need to have a wee check. Yeah, but here's a question, though, right? I'm going to, I'll fire us one to Joe first. Right, see out the whole Rangers team, what player would you take into the Celtic team from uh, the Rangers team? Uh, I'd take Callum Davidson. 
Barisic? No. Uh, no, I can't. No, so you wouldn't take Barisic, really? You asked me if there was one player. No, I mean, like, in fact, sorry, I'll, I'll rephrase that question. If you had to, what Rangers players would you take out the team into the Celtic team? So I you said Ryan Kent. Who else? I genuinely want to I would take Kent and Barisic, I would not take Kent. Maybe McGregor actually, but I wouldn't take him to else, to be honest. What about you, Chris? Yeah, well, I mind. I think we discussed this last Saturday, like, obviously it wasn't like, on the record or getting recorded time, but yeah. I said Barisic for the, what, he'd solve a lot of problems we've got on the left hand side, so for that reason I would take him. Anyone else? Um. I'll agree with Jones, say Ken. What about any, anyone in the midfield? Ryan Jack? Absolutely not. I, I laugh at the opinion and all the people say Ryan Jack's better than Callum McGregor. If you look at stats... But the Heinzel, stats, stats can be uh, the stats can be very deceiving, yeah, Joe. Hold on, he's fuck, he was first for literally everything. Pass completion, um, key passes... He was literally first for everything. Yeah, but I'm not denying Cal McGregor's a good player, though. But put it, like I'm just saying personally, I would want Ryan Jack in my team instead of McGregor because Ryan Jack can do both. Like McGregor's, like see defensively, I don't think Cal McGregor's all that good. Where he can, like, see when it comes to box to box, McGregor, yes, going forward tremendous. See tracking back, not so good at all. He gets caught out too much. Ryan Jack though, no, going forward though, he's improved so much. And defensively, when it comes to like tracking back. Ryan Jack knows what he's doing because he started off his career as a right back and he gets uh, like defensive uh, fundamentals spot on. No, I, I, I genuinely, I think it's a ludicrous debate, if I'm being honest. I, I, I take your point, maybe Brown, but I, I think Cal McGregor's... Speaking of Brown, speaking of Brown, um, Scott yeah, Brown, this is a very controversial topic amongst uh, Celtic fans. Joe, I know uh, one time you were in my gaff, out your face. Mad, but you went a big rant about Brown saying he's done, he's finished. What is your honest thoughts on Scott Brown? Um, I don't know, man. It's kind of it's a loaded question. Like, I, I feel mean, like you're hot and cold I, on him, man. Um, that's because he's like, listen, see what I will say. I've never seen him get run over to that penalty from from game as good as you are. Yeah, even when you beat his two one, I thought he was the best the best player. I think in games like that you need him, I would say, but I think he's getting to the stage now where he's going to um I think he has to be his games have to be managed. And I would always have to charm ahead of him. I really rate him charm to be fair, but I think you probably need to have him in games against the Rangers and stuff like that. But Look, he's never been. He says he's silly. He's no, technically brilliant. Um, his biggest change he's younger was his pace and his um, his drive and stuff like that. He's lost that now, but he's he's brilliant at passing the ball ten yards. <laughs> but like, I it's just I think he's he's there for me if he's leadership qualities in now. So I'm really glad by the way that we've signed Duffy because he seems a leader as well, and that's one kind of great I've got. There's nobody in that team really. I would say that's. Popper takes a game for the scruff of the neck. Um, or like, I think Oliver Brown were a wee bit kind of, even I and Julian are quite timid for centre-offs. Um, but I don't know, but Brown is a weird one. So as it's, you, you can't deny the guy's had obviously a good player. He's had, I know you think he's overrated, Scott, and you think, but you, 
you can't really argue he's his track record. Even I know you say he's won in the league for four years, but six of them you were, and he's won like he's won the league six times or ten no, ten times he's won the league into it. Who Brown? He's been captain for nine of them. I seen a thing the other day. Uh, Graham Shinney done an interview with Open Go, right? And uh, I think it was my pal Stephen that sent me it. It was a quote. Uh, Graham Shinney. Graham Shinney said on Open Go, he was like, uh, Brown said to him, uh, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. It was like, uh, do you want? Me? I think it was something like, uh, do you know what? I'm going to get the quote up. But see, I don't know what, if it's one of, It was when obviously having Brown were at loggerheads for a good few years. I think it was came out of a horror tackle feed on him and I think Shinny made it. Oh, here it is. Here's a quote. Uh, it was uh, Graham Shinny, right, this is what Scott Brown said to Graham Shinny when Graham Shinny was like, they pumped us 3 0 at Pitodre and they battered us. The football they were playing was unreal. Then Brown came up to me behind and said, Do you want a touch of the ball, wee man? And then, see, when I read that, I'm like, Why is he coming out publicly and saying that? That's going to boost his ego even more. Like, I wouldn't... See, if someone said that to me, I would never come out and actually say something like that. Like, yeah, I he, Brown said that to me. Like, yeah, do you want a touch of the ball, wee man? Like, Brown will love that. Like, that's just going to feed his delusional ego even more. How is it delusional? Right, come What's on. Like, let's be honest, right? Like, but, see, delusional. let's be honest, right? I said to you plenty of times, Joe. See, Brown, if you put... See, if, if, if you put a strong Rangers team... In the league, with Scott Brown, and say, oh, oh, as Celtic captain, he wouldn't last a day. You really think Brown, Ferguson, captains together in the midfield? Do you really think Brown last a day? Not a chance. Not a chance, man. But he's he's done it in European games and he's he's managed really well. He was fucking brilliant against Lazio, against better players than I would say than Ferguson. I would like to think Milinkovic Savage is better than Ferguson. I I, I genuinely. I've always said Scott, I think you're biased and you hate him and understand. No, I, 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 it's not to do with being biased, right? Like I would, I would rather you play Brown every single week, especially against us, because I feel as though Brown is the weak link in that Celtic team, especially in that midfield. And like I feel as though like he just slows you down completely, and and I and I like that I do because like see I I said it plenty of times to me if you get a heat map. A uh, heat map of uh, the, where the passes go with Scott Brown. It's like sideways, backwards, sideways, backwards. They're not going into productive areas, Joe. Not at all. Yeah, what I will say is a lot of teams need a player like that. Ryan Jack does that for years, but I'd say like he's quite in Kamara. Sometimes Kamara as well. So a lot of it's sideways and backwards passing. You need a kind of regulator. Lennon was one of the best at it. Like, slow the game down when he slows down. And then, but I think Brown... Like Brown's always kind of if we're not playing well or something you've seen it before in Rangers games like I remember one under Rodgers and just were up one nothing and we were fucking awful like passes were going awry and Brown absolutely nailed Tavernier and he did get a booking but he was up like kind of hyping every day up and stuff like that with a booking telling him to wake up and stuff like that and it did we reacted right away and I think we scored like five minutes later that idea like as much as I would think he could probably be better but technical wise uh, Canny can kind of understate his importance to the team. Chris, what's your thoughts? On Brown, um, well, I never actually gave too much thought to some of the points you raised until you did raise them, and it's actually hard not to agree with them. No, I th- no, yeah, no, exactly, because 
Like I've always said Scott Brown's a great leader And he has a big influence in the team But I think his best days are His best days are totally behind him And I think sees a coach And amongst the dressing room And being in the backroom team He would be so important Because he has a voice He has an aura about him And people will listen to what he has to say But ability wise Now he's done He's done for five years. He's got off like, and he's won the player of the year. He won the player of the year two years ago. But Hansel, like you said to me, like, you said to me like plenty of times. I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. I, I know I've said that because he does he frustrates me sometimes, but he does prove me wrong. I'll, I'll happily say that. Like that season where um, Gerald just came in first season, he was fucking brilliant, man. He's been in the team of the year, I think the last. Maybe three the last four. Sorry to interrupt you, it's three two. Like uh, three two so it is. Celtic Levy. Levy just scored. I my, my stream slightly behind your like, updates. I've just seen it, it was a cracker of a goal. Yeah, sorry to interrupt Joe, but as you were saying. Um I he's been like in he's been players player of the year as well, but in the last couple of years, like that's his fellow pros realising how good a player. You listen to players like even like Celtic players getting interviewed and stuff like that. They always see it at home. But like Joe Edley said, he's by far the best captain I've ever played under. I think like Kelvin Wilson said as well, he's he's so important to Celtic. And I think like even more recently Tierney and Morgan, they always sing his praises and say like he's a captain player. And I think it was um, Morgan that said one of them anyway said that he was the one that he thought right away. God, he's Really, he's a lot better than what I expected it to be and stuff like that. And yeah, bro, do you remember how quiet Scott Brown was uh, at the start of Celtic at, at the start of his Celtic career? Like he was quiet as anything. Like he wouldn't, he wouldn't see the way he is now, where he's he's acting like an alpha male when he's like he's more like out there, if you know what I'm saying. But before when he first signed for Celtic, he was quiet as anything. Like he wouldn't be the guy who'd be mouthing off or getting in people's faces. Why? Why do you think? Why do you think it took him so long to come out your shell and be the way he is now? It didn't. It wasn't. I wouldn't say it was. I wouldn't say it was. It was particularly long. Was it no? What was it? Oh nine ten? No. I oh nine ten would have been when the Jew thing happened. No, uh, the Jew thing happened in the oh ten eleven. Aye, so that's three years before that. Even it was Hibs captain, wasn't it? Twenty one or something. Yeah. Um, like I think he is always. Like he was, he's disappointed record that Celtic was shocking because of things like the set and stuff like that, and he actually managed to channel it a wee bit. And but I, I think he, I don't think he's, I think you hate him, and that's why because don't you hate him? You always want to talk, you always want to talk about him, um, which is quite funny. No, I, I, I'm bringing up as a topic of conversation. Aye, but you do love to talk about him. I think. I no, think I, I, it's a topic of conversation. That's all. But you'll never admit that. Is that what we're saying? That he lives in Rangers' sons. No, trust me, he does not live in my head whatsoever. <laughs> well, you go on about him more than you go on about any other players, I would say that. Well, that's a lie. I go on about Lee Griffiths the most, and I think I don't want to go into reasons why, you know, but I think you, I go on about Lee Griffiths more, and I think it's more justified, you know. Like, Brown's harmless, but Lee Griffiths is, uh, I'm not a fan, put it that way. Mm. Aye, it's, like I say, but it's, I mean, he is. 
he'll go down a part to McNeil is a great establishment captain. I don't think there's any question of that. Yeah, that's where he'll be looked at. Yeah, here's a, another random question, right? Chris, I'll fire this one at you. What Rangers player wound you up the most? Out of all the Rangers players ever, what player wound you up the most? I don't know what it is, but um, maybe just because like, I knew his background, it was like Rangers through and through in that. Um, Barry Ferguson back in the day. Was that due to his ability or the way he was a person? Um, I, well, I can remember the 6-2 game, which is like, one of kind of, even though I was like, nine at the time, like, one of my earlier old firm memories he get sent off. So I think it maybe kind of started with that kind of thing. Um, obviously, you can't deny his ability as a player at Maybe there was an element of I hated him because he was what so good and because he was brought up through the academy and supporting Rangers all that kind of thing. So maybe got under my skin that way. But um, maybe somebody a little bit different was Kenny Miller. Obviously crossed old firm divide twice and then that game where he scored against us and he was kissing the badge. I was just remember, I was like, oh, even though you played for us, I deep down, I knew you were one of them, deep down, through and through. Is it like, Kenny Miller divides a, a, a opinion uh, amongst Rangers fans, obviously, because he played for Celtic and he kissed the badge when he was playing for Celtic as well. But me personally, I like Kenny Miller. I think he, I, I would never consider him as a Rangers legend, far from it, right? But I would... I do like Kenny Miller and I do have respect for him and when he played for Rangers I always knew that he gave he gave his all and he was a good player for us uh, and he gave he gave me a lot of good memories as well and he got it he understood he understood the the standards and expectations of the club but I can understand at the same time why Rangers fans aren't fond of him but Joe I'll ask you this question what Rangers player Piss you off the most? I think I already know this answer. There's only one Nacho Novo. <laughs> I didn't like Novo, don't get me wrong. Sorry to interrupt very quickly, sorry Joe, but do you remember that dive against Charlie Mulgrew, Aberdeen, Glafferty Mulgrew? Aye, he's just a, <coughs> he's just a, he's just a fucking bit of substandard human being as well. Um, I think uh, him, Novo, and you know what, I, I don't know, maybe recently, some of Scott Arfield just fucking get some money else. Is it this? Is it the salute? What? Is it the salute thing he does? No, it's just thinking he's a fucking player. I understand why he does it. Like, no fun games, you, can, you always try to get a bit brown. I can understand why you shouldn't be doing that. You should be trying to get in that face as much as he's doing. Yeah, right. But, uh, he, like, he put a fucking horror challenge on Callum McGregor in that League Cup final, I know, which just often overlooked when I thought it was a fucking clear as day red card. Um, I, I feel more recently something with Kent, I think it's just his face. Sorry <laughs> <laughs> um, about his face. Yeah, do you know you see the tattoo Kent's got his uh, his body? No. Have you not seen it? 
He's got a tattoo on his chest that says, Only God can judge me. He's got a pet snake. What? He's got a pet snake. <laughs> oh, I'm right getting something else, man. Like, see the thing is on Morelos, like, see if anyone said Morelos is shit, they don't have a fucking clue about football, right? The guy is a really, really top footballer, right? But as you said, Joe, like, when it comes to getting Celtic, I don't know what it is. Like, he kind of, he, he, I, I hate saying this, but he does bottle it. Like, when he was, like, remember that, old, that League Cup final? Morelos played so well that game, but the only thing he didn't do right was put the ball in the back of the net. And when it came to that penalty, and he missed it, and I'm just like, like, what's it going to take, man, you know? Like, what's it going to take for Morelos to get a goal in Celtic? Like, he scored against, like, obviously, no disrespect, he scored against better teams than Celtic, like Feyenoord, Porto, like, like, I, I think it's just the whole occasion, the, the pressure just gets to him, because there's so much stigma around it, but it's like, will Morelos score this game, will he do it this game, blah, blah, blah. No, I think he's as a striker, but I know what you're saying. Like you're really paid to score goals. That's what your function is in the team. I know he obviously offers a bit more physicality and stuff, but like I know you said he played really well apart from squad, but I think he looked fucking eight chances. And he, like many players, when you watch him, he just snatches like at, at the shots. It's weird. Like he doesn't. There's no thought behind it. I think he just hits the ball and hopes for the best. You see, I, you see, Morelos. He's not one of those players that can. In fact. Before I go on to my point, I went this call, then I'll start another one, then we'll call it, right? No. Right, two seconds. Right, so we're back. Uh, so, Chris, uh, update yourself the game. Yeah, it's 3-2 here. It did feel comfortable, um, but the goal, wonder goal from Liddy has uh, got Celtic a bit on edge here. Um, I do feel that Barkas actually could have made a bit better with the goal. Maybe could have kept it out, but 3-2, like, 45 seconds left, normal time. Not bad. Joe, what do you make of the performance? Um, I've literally, I've no been able to get an hour's dreams. So I've, <laughs> I've been refreshing uh, Celtic for the last like, 70 minutes yeah right do, right do you know how we've been giving Joe a lot of stick for being a shite bag when we're coming on right I think it's appropriate that we have uh, we, we keep it balanced where Ian Lyle should get a bit of stick here because he said he was going to come on he's not came on I think yeah, we should put in the chat right now hashtag Ian Lyle was a shite bag It has to be done, mate. What? That's it. If he wants to crash his bottle, that's his prerogative. Four minutes, I need time here. I just done the hashtag there. Hashtag Ian Lyle was a shite bag. He shot out the Meet Me Joe gal. To be fair, though, he's... Did you not watch his winning this? I know, as I am. I'm joking anyway. It's all banter. Um, but... Yeah. It's only right, because you've been getting it stinking for no coming on for ages, so it's only right Ian Lyle can get a wee bit back. Yeah. 
You get a day off of it, mate. Um, let me have a wee look. I, you know, like, so I was actually going to put on notifications for every team, but then see, because the conversation was that good, I forgot to do it. I've done it for a few teams. Um, done the right score is... Um, let me check. 2-1. 2-1 uh, United? Yep. Aye, 2-1 United. Uh, Chris, uh, you, you know better than me right now, actually. Counties went final, they beat St Johnston 1-0, Kelly beat Hamilton 2-1. Don't think it sent off for Kelly. Oofed. Marin also did a man sent off, Kate. Jesus. Uh, it's a shame Big Graham's not on to cover the St Mirren game, but obviously, as I said, like he's working on his, uh, his new website right now. Joe? Um, yes. Starting work at 7 o'clock, big man. How are you feeling about it? <laughs> I don't know what I'm still signed up to do with the girl. I'll tell Will Shaft. So. Yeah, big. Uh, I was texting Andy Rogan during the week. He's uh, looking forward to he, like listening to this. Was he? Ah, uh, he's looking forward to it, mate. Oh, 2 1 Kelly? Oh, mate, I shot myself there. <laughs> I thought it was being like 3 each. In fact, no, it's all, it's two one Kelly, and it was a change. Sorry, it was a change. Change for Kelly. Greg Kelly is uh, replaced by Mitch Pingnuck. Mm. Um, we seem to be conceding quite a lot of goals by them. Not stuff. Who's Celtic? Definitely, mate. I think the goal difference is still the best in the league, right now. Like, see, the end. So, like, if you win your game in hand and you win it by five 0 you go to, you go ahead as in the league. That's right, yeah, we're playing the we're playing the high beast tomorrow. That's gonna to be a tough one, mate. Like it will be. I, I think this is gonna be our, our toughest game of the season so far. Against Hibs. I think Hibs will try and play a bit, but as well they'll not sit in. Nah, no chance no chance, mate. I they'll, they'll they'll go for it. I think as well, uh, the, like the stinking team that the game, you because there's no fans and stuff there, it's not really they kinda of get an extra age, I think, when they play it. It's um what do you call it tomorrow? Easter Road tomorrow? Yeah, but the thing is, there are no fans of this, so. I think the Queen Sheet Street will come to an end, even if they don't line up. If they a score draw, they'll nab a goal. I know, if it, like. It, like, this would be a real test for us as well, because I think Hibs are the, the third best team in the Premier League right now. I really do. So, it's a big test, as, especially by a good manager like Jack Ross, and. That Hibs team, that Hibs team are, they'll go places under him, like generally they, they will go places, and uh, they're lucky to have Jack Ross in a manager man, because he gets it, he fucking knows what he's doing man, you know, and he, Do you know, like a good oh mate, I was gutted when we let him go, I'm not going to lie, I really was, like, like I don't, I, see Matt, I love Matt Temple in the bitch, right, I think he's a brilliant guy, but see Matt, recently he's been fucking banging on about Brandon Barker, talking about how good he is, I'm like mate, He's fucking dreadful. He's fucking I'm dreadful, man. Exactly, like, see when we first signed Brandon Barker, I was like, you know what? Solid squad player, you would do a job. And then, he was utter shit, and then, he had a, a decent, a decent pre-season, 
bear in mind, pre-season means fuck all. Then you get Matt and the fucking Scots go chaps like, Brandon Barker's brilliant, man. Oh, oh, he improved. He's improved during pre-season. I'm like, oh, what the fuck, man? It's ridiculous. I had a team he was poor when he came on against us in the cup final or something, but... His hairline is ridiculous, man, as well. <laughs> Just going final three, two there, where they did have a chance at the end, but Pignatello couldn't get his, the head on target, so 3-2 Celtic final score. It's like Christ. Lennon started, started starting playing that Celtic back. Or I said, team, I think. Yeah, you, uh, you, you definitely know, sorry to interrupt, uh, you definitely know Celtic's will be raging at, that, like, raging at that performance. They'll be like, oh, no, we should have put that game to bed earlier. Uh, no, I think, um, to be fair, to what I've heard, I mean... From what I heard, the penalty was a wee bit dodgy. Like, obviously, Chris said it was a kind of obvious one, but a goal for a, a penalty, and I think it was the other one was a wonder goal or something. You can't really do a lot about them, but, oh, but I'm just glad we're, we're winning games, even though I'm not playing at our best. Chris, uh, if you don't mind, mate, would you want to give the full confirmation uh, on all the results? Sure. Fantastic, mate. Fantastic. Final scores. Celtic 3, Livingston 2, Dundee United 2, St Mirren 1, Kilmarnock 2, Hamilton Academical 1, St Johnston 0, Ross County 1. You sound like guys, guys. You actually sounded like that guy, guys. I was hoping that, mate. I was hoping I hope he doesn't make that to me. Mate, that was brilliant, man. It was like... Did you do that on purpose? Uh, I that, that, that's <laughs> superb, man. <laughs> well, so I didn't just say Hamilton, I went Hamilton Academical. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just the way he delivered it, was superb, man. <laughs> yeah, but I was thinking, though, like, um, we've got like 20 minutes left before the two, two hour mark. One just stay on for the next two hours. Uh, no, sorry, no two hours, sorry. The next uh, 18 minutes. So we can at least I hit can't. the two hour mark. I may as well. Oh, what, Joe? So, what would we, you want to just call it then? Like, call it just now? Uh, I, I'll, I'll head after now, um, just so I can get ready and stuff like that. But it's been a pleasure, gentlemen. I know it's been a pleasure. I, I fully enjoyed it. Uh, Joe, good to have you back on, Chris. Pleasure as always. Fantastic Hi. show. And uh, until next time, guys, take care and we'll see you soon. <laughs>